Okay, well, again, as long as we're clear, because, you know... We are rapidly approaching approaching a waterless apocalypse. (laughs) Life is turning into Fury Road. Yeah. Fuck you, that's my water. I would like to turn into Tank Girl, personally. And also, I just drank really, like, sweet coffee, so my lips get... They get sticky. Yeah. Especially when we try and talk like Mm. this yeah come on now when when if i ever re-listen to this all i'm gonna hear is mouth noise but yeah i I like a nice nice cool drink of water to refresh my palate and to keep your mellifluous tones Mm -hmm. those those dulcet tones that just echo liquid velvet through the canyons the fuck are we talking about i never ever 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 know so yeah that is kind of like one of our fatal flaws is that our conversations have no real basis for anything unless it's a topic that we're really passionate about like fast food oh yeah or like uh uh, the 35 dollar taco bell order oh man that we forgot about I can't believe that we spent that much money and then forgot about Taco Bell. But well, it was a nice surprise to walk in and go, oh shit, <laughs> that's a lot of Taco Bell. Yes. Welcome to my life, Chris. Welcome to my life. Yeah, man. Just Taco Bell in abundance <coughs> of garbage. Yeah. Man. So how have you been? How are things? Oh, busy, busy. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> you got all shifty-eyed like you've been committing crimes. Yeah. Well, you know. Working on some grifts, you know, like you do. Everything's good. Everything's fine. Stop asking me stuff. Yeah, yeah, come on. People might be listening for cray Yeah, I said for cray I'm trying to bring it back. Yeah. (laughs) How's that going for you? One person at a time. One person at a time. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's how you spread a cult. Yeah. I'm still working on that cult angle. That's one of the grifts I'm working. See, I don't know, man, because like... on one hand, it does seem cool to, like, hey, I ran a cult. And, you know, I've already got, like, the groundwork for Wolf Jesus all established and everything. Right, right. But like, it seems like a lot. And the people that you're going to draw into cults, I don't really know if I want those people around. Right. But, I mean, you, you can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs. you got to take the bitter with the better. Yes, I understand. But, I mean... I don't want somebody around who's like, you need to tell me what to do Oh all yeah. of the time. Like, yeah. Oh, boy. That'll ruin a date. Yeah, being a cult leader seems like a real drag. Like, if you're that personality type, I get how, like, yes, I'm in control of everything, but, like, I'm not that way. Yeah, I have a tough time making decisions for myself, let alone telling you what the fuck to do. Yeah, like, I don't know if you want tomatoes on your Taco Bell, just... Do you want them or not? <laughs> yeah, so shut up and eat your tacos. We're watching a we're watching a movie. Yeah, we're watching 2020's His House. Hell. Hey everybody, <laughs> fucking whew, slick as an eel. Wow. Hey everybody, welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Faff, and I am one of your hosts. And I am James. I'm the other one of your hosts. Man, I am full of caffeine. I'm glad we gave that a minute to let that coffee settle in. Yeah, my coffee is not hitting, and I had to match that energy on a fucking quick well, turn, buddy. of course buddy. you're not. Coffee's not hitting. Half of it's on your ball sack. Well, fair enough. 
I'm hoping to, you know, get some of it by osmosis. Yeah, uh, yeah nobody was here. Yeah, James spilled like an entire cup of coffee on his balls. Mm-hmm, like you do. Yeah, and now he's just sitting here wet and gross. Uh, well, grosses. Oh, God, could you imagine, like, if you got the trench foot, but from coffee on your balls? Oh, trench balls. Trench balls, but coffee trench balls. No, no, the oh. smell. Okay. Oh, the smell. But yeah, we're uh, we're talking about 2020's His House. So we had to try and get some chucks in there because uh, this movie ain't funny. Yet. Not a goddamn little bit. N- nary a chuck in the whole thing. All right. So this movie written by Felicity Evans and Tony Venables as story buys uh, and screenplay by and director Remy Weeks. Starring, oh good okay. god, here we go. Good luck, buddy. I'm glad <clears throat> you're reading them, not me. We're doing African names. Uh, la 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 la. Uh, Sopi Derisu as Bol, Wunmi Mosaku as Riel, and uh, this one's a real bitch. <clears throat> Matt Smith oh, as Mark, the dude, social worker. How did you get through that? Uh, sheer tyranny of will. Mm, wow. Big old brain. Giant, giant brain. And big old butt. Almost as big Dump as... Dump truck butt. Almost as big as the hairdo on Matt Smith. Yeah, man. All right. James? Yes. <clears throat> How did you like his house? I was blown the fuck away. Um, usually, I spend a week watching the movie. I had to, of course, watch this movie in one night. I couldn't because yeah, we, it scared the living fuck out of me. We, I had to watch had to, it. We had to do a real shift. We had planned something and that fell through mm-hmm. in the availability. So it was real fast. Uh, uh, uh. And this is one that I've been wanting to talk about for a while. Right. But what fucked me is I couldn't watch it at night because I was going to watch it last night. No problem. And then I was going to review it in the morning before I came over. And I was 20 minutes in. And I could not, for the life of me, force myself to watch whatever it was that he was going to pull out of that fucking wall out of that rope. I did not want to see it. My brain would not allow me to watch. I, I said, honey, I can't watch. And my wife wasn't quick to grab the clicker. And I'm like, honey, turn this shit off now. Because it freaked me out so fucking bad. I knew I wouldn't sleep if I watched any more of it. Because whatever was in there which thank God it was what it was because whatever my imagination was imagining to some eldritch, horrible thing from the beyond, I, I, that movie was so successful. It set me up for dread. At no time was I comfortable in this movie for a second. This is one of the few that we do that I actually do believe, and this is right up there with like high tension and a few of the other ones that we've mentioned, that this is a genuinely scary movie. Yes. <laughs> this is one of those that, like, I was talking to Kayla, and she's like, oh, I like watching movies with you because of your commentary and what have you. Like, I don't talk when I watch this movie. No. Because I have nothing to say because I think this movie is borderline perfect. Mm-hmm. In every single imaginable way. Yes. And... I, I, I have nothing to say while watching it, but I, th- I think we're going to have a very interesting discussion about this movie because I think we were talking about it. It's done in a way where it is a very complex... Uh, how do I want to say? 
it's not a complex story. It's very simple, but it's the peripheries. It's intricate on the outside. Yeah. It's yes. like a lace doily. You get that one big spot in the middle and all this little stuff on the outside. Uh huh. And it, but the way that it's presented makes it seem very simple because it's so masterfully done. Yes. That it, it doesn't leave anything really vague, I don't think, which is fine usually to do in a horror movie. And I usually, my suggestion is leave it a little vague because people aren't usually good at ending things. Mm-hmm. This movie has a fantastic ending. I know. And that's what really throws me. And that's why I think it is next to perfect. Right, because you can go one of two ways. You can go super grimdark or end it. And they ended it and you were just like, and it, it, it put a bow on the entire movie. Like, yeah. you, you just got this gift. There's your bow, the ending. It makes it a, an experience almost. Right. Because it, it wasn't as clean. It wasn't 100% clean. No. Nobody got out of this unscathed. No. But the world didn't end. Nope. And the humanity didn't end, which has happened to quite a few. And I appreciate that about some of the movies. I'm like, yep, that's grim and a fucking perfect for that movie. This movie's tone it was was con- consistent throughout. Consistent throughout. I never never lost sight of anything in this movie. No, which it was never falters in what it's trying to do. And I liked how they did a lot of the exposition visually. Mm-hmm. Because you are allowed with the vision, you see what you see, but every time we see anything, it goes through our lens, how we see it, how you know how we're perceiving it. And then you get to hear how other people perceived it later in the movie or different parts, or you can see it from different points of view. It was amazing. Uh, so well, I do two things that I, I consider that just our little, our goof abouts. Two yes. things that I want to really start with. Yes. Uh, one of them, I just want to, a brief, very brief plot synopsis. Mm. Uh, Ball and Riel are mm. African refugees in England who are given this house to yep. live in and spookies. Oh, all kinds of the spookies. Now, spicy, spicy take, James. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that I really love this movie. Nobody in it is good. Mm-mm. Nobody in it is bad nope no one's really wrong right for that reason i think this might be one of the most grounded supernatural movies that i have ever seen because uh, i mean and i really like the way that that white people are shown Mm -hmm. if i'm being very honest as a white person because this is one thing i noticed about this when there is a white and black dynamic in film, mm-hmm. I, I'm being very general in saying this, there are usually two things that happen. One, white person comes to black neighborhood and they influence each other and then everything's hunky-dory and uh-huh. happy at the end. Yeah. There, there's tons of those movies. Yeah. Or it is white people that are just foaming at the mouth racist. Mm-hmm. Now... What I think this movie does very well is that it shows the systematic racism, but it's these fucking honkies doing the right things for the wrong, or how do I want to say it? Not doing the right things for the wrong reasons, but doing the right things, but the wrong way. Well, and we'll take a look at this because I, I, I just thought of this too. I kept expecting to be, instead of the subtle British 
racism, which we talk, you know, the systemic racism, they're colonialist, etc. Yes. But I kept expecting, like when the girl was taking a, a pee in our yard, you know, I expected racial. Remember when he got called in, we've got something for you. Oi, mate, we got something for you. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, the skinheads are going to bash him. Uh-huh. It's going to fucking happen. No, they invite him to the pub. They're all watching a football game. They're all cheering for the same team, singing the same yeah. stupid song. Because the way, yeah, like you said, the way he gets them in there is he just yells, Oi, you one of them refugees? Yeah. Got something for you. He gave him a box of treats and like yeah. a welcome here gift, and he was singing yeah. at the pub. Yeah, and they're all sitting and hanging out. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I really liked about this. And I, I know it, it's a weird take, but. Being a white person, I do appreciate, yes, white people are super fucking racist. (laughs) And one's in England, too. They invented that shit. Yes. But not, some of us are just dumb Uh and go about it the wrong way. And I like that this is a filmmaker that didn't make every white person seething at the mouth racist. Actually, remember, the only racism, the only overt racism we saw were from... The English black kids. Yes. Tell you know, if you speak English here, you go back to Africa. And that's why I think it's such a weird take for me to have as a white person. But I think it's such clever writing that that's the easy route to go well, is to just flat out every right white person hates these immigrants. And that's why they're also having a hard time. Well, this is something that you may not have seen. Um, when we talk about like um, places that have been colonized. And I will, I will go from personal experience, okay? I grew up in Mexican areas, and I'm Mexican. And um, what happens is the Mexicans that I grew up with, my family included, we're from one certain area of Mexico. And if you're from another certain area of Mexico, you're not as good as us. And if I've come to America before you, then you're now, I'm going to start calling you bracero, which means, you, you know, you, you're a migrant worker. You pick fruits. Well, I may have done it six months ago, but now I'm setting myself above. And that's a, colonial, that's a, a colonized mentality. And they're showing that writ large, again, in the film. And I was like, ooh, they got that down. Because it's easy to show, again, you, the white racism. But they don't show how that effect ha- or why it's there it's, it's systemic you're going to take away from me because we just we just came here and now what little i've got you're taking away from us and that's how the racism works yeah the 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 white racism in this film is i how do i say like more procedural yep like the man at the very beginning when they're sitting in the, the room where they're getting their uh yeah you've been approved for housing uh Yep. This you will be given sixty-seven or whatever pounds a week. You are not allowed to supplement your income. A yes, if you understand. Uh, you know the, mm-hmm. this. Uh, everything very procedural, and, and at no point does he sneer at them. But it's the I'm so tired of doing this white racism mm-hmm. that I think is more real than just the foaming at the mouth well, calling people the n-word yeah. which i again we wouldn't be covering a movie if it was just flat out racist like that well and they talk about systemic because it's inferred that some of those people that have been waiting to get processed through to get there had been there for a year mm-hmm. two years three years and i know from personal experience because i've helped people get their papers to come here 
it is a nightmare. And it's a nightmare here. I can't imagine what it's like in the European Union or when they close the European Union. And we're talking about war refugees. We're talking about people who are coming from insane, insane civil war. I mean, Sudan was in a civil war from 83 to 2005. Yeah. That's a civil war. We're not talking about the shit they were picking with Egypt. And now, now that area of Sudan is stuck between Egypt and South Sudan. And then they got Muslim versus Christian versus people trying to encroach. And it's, it's just, it's insane. Yeah. The conditions they have to live in, which makes this movie even more heartbreaking. Because you talk about the complexity of the characters and how nobody's good or bad, but everybody's desperate. If you, I just, every single solitary person, there was not one person in that movie that was not desperate, including the social worker, including the people who are coming. Everybody in that movie was marginalized, some mm-hmm. more than others. And you could see the layers of marginalization, too, which also made me uncomfortable, which made this movie scarier. Yeah. And one of the things that I think they did very, very well, and I have talked about this, and it, it's something that they did in Hill, or did the opposite of in Hill House. The scares work for the film. The film does not work around the scares. Mm-hmm. All of the terrifying parts are in service of the plot, not the other way around, which makes all of those situations a million times scarier than just seeing something going, oh, I don't know what the fuck that is. Sure, it was scary, I guess. Right. And again, there were a couple times where I I got jump scared, but I didn't feel like there were cheap jump scares. I felt like, again, they were in service to the plot. They were in service to the writing. They were in service to the character. Everything worked. Because that anybody, if they would have done one more, it would have been cheap. If they would have done it any other way, it would have been cheap. It would have been like a cheat. Mm-hmm. But it was a very naturalistic one because I didn't know it was building to that the whole movie. I thought it was only building that when the music started, but I noticed the music never stopped. At no time did the music stop. It just changed tone. But it was so subtle. Everything was subtle from the very minute it started and so by the time that I jumped, it wasn't just that I saw what I saw, because I wasn't sure what I saw. I just saw something that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. But the movie had set it up so, and this is very, very early into the movie, but the movie had set me up to be uncomfortable so well that when I jumped, I, I, everything, I mean, it, it, I almost woke up my kids. It was that visceral. Mm-hmm. And everything was subtle. Everything was complex, but not so complex that you couldn't understand it upon looking at it. Yes. And everything, like you said, is very subtle until it's very much not. Mm -hmm. And holy shit, the spookies in this movie Mm -hmm. are fantastic. And that's what I think really sets this apart because all the interstitial things, the characters, the story... It's kind of like in Pedagore. You could take out the horror and you could have a compelling story in this. I was just going to say that. But the horror elevates this into such a different story mm-hmm. than it would be otherwise. That It almost needs that element now. Like if you took that away, I would miss it. Well, on top of that too, this movie would absolutely work as a drama, as a character piece. It would have worked exactly without any of the horror elements, yes. But you would drag me kicking and screaming to go see a drama. If I'm at a drama and I watch it, I always appreciate it afterwards. But the idea of sitting through one 
just I, I I won't do it. My brain won't let me do it. If you know, there's got to be action. There's got to be something to it. So the fact that they put horror on it drew me into a drama. This is the second drama in a row that I've watched, a familial drama that I've watched that involved children that didn't live that I watched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yet, and any other time, any other time, it would not work. I wouldn't. I'm not fucking watching this hunk of shit. I don't want to. I don't want to feel sad. I got enough shit to feel sad about if I want to. But the horror element made it so that I could get through it because there were so many other things brewing that it allowed me to process the, the you know, the other things that I was feeling while I was scared out of my fucking pants. So. So here's the big question that I have for you, because this is a huge part of the film. And I think uh, having spoken to you and about your family background, you are going to have uh, stronger opinions than I would on this, even though it doesn't match one to one. But uh, one of the major conflicts in the film is that Bull, the husband is trying desperately to assimilate mm-hmm. while Riel wants to hold on to her culture. Mm-hmm. And I, I I wanted to talk to you about that because, I mean, obviously immigrant and refugee situations are slightly different, but is that something that you have encountered in, in your uh, growing up around people who are... I guess <clears throat> displaced to use a, a, a well, word. Let's put it this way: I was not allowed to speak Spanish in my house. I had to speak English in my house. My father wanted me to speak English because when he came over here, it was not a good time to be Hispanic in Midwest. In the Chicago area, they had no Hispanic neighborhoods, so you either assimilated or you got your ass whooped, and then still went home. So it wasn't, you know, there was the, the, the ticket to entry wasn't just to get here, but it was to get a job to make it so that other people could get jobs, that kind of thing. And in order to do that, in my father's head, it had to be that you assimilated. So I got the weirdest, the weirdest thing is that I've got all of the culture, all of the culture, the, the way you raise kids, the way you talk to people, the way you show respect, the way everything is very, very rooted in Mexican culture, but I didn't have the language. Got the language later. But the idea of assimilation for immigrants and the isolation, because they didn't put them in with a bunch of other Sudanese. They did what they did in Chicago, scattered site housing. They didn't want a large you know, presence in one area. Yeah, it, it seemed like pretty much this is what was available. Right. But they also did do those on purpose. They were doing it in Chicago. That's why the gang problem moved from Chicago to the suburbs because, well, they're scattering the sites so that they don't have one large project. Now they've got a whole bunch of little ones. And with them comes the same problems that come with the projects. You know, so they spread they spread device lords and all that all the way from Chicago all the way down through all the suburbs. Because that's one of the things that when we were talking about the no one's necessarily right or wrong. Right. It, it, it very much is that because they're both being obstinate uh-huh. in their decisions of how they're going about it because Bull is going in way too much where he is trying to literally discard everything right. from their past. And obviously in, in this film, it's he says because it's cursed and they have mm-hmm. the witch. 
but Riel at the same time is completely not accepting this new life that, it, like I said, and neither of them are wrong, but neither one of them are necessarily right in, mm-hmm. in the actions that they are taking. And it's funny, too, because culturally, also coming up from the other side, is if I didn't answer in Spanish to other people, what, what's the matter with you? Are you trying to pass? Who, who the fuck are you? What are you trying to be? You know, you're tra- you know, are you forgetting what this is and forgetting what I said? No, I know all that shit. I just didn't learn Spanish. I wasn't taught it. You know, but... It's such a big thing. You're losing your language. You're losing. You're not one of us. You're trying to be one of them. And I was like, well, I'm not one of anybody. I'm one of me, and I was born here. I appreciate my culture, but the culture that I live in is not that culture. Right. You know, so what? where do you lose it? And one, the best thing about that, that taste metallic is yeah. they, well, they well, eat well, with we bread. Should, we should set it up because uh, Bull comes home late one night, and Riel has this entire dinner spread out. On the floor. Right. Like on a rug or something. Yeah. And she's laying on the floor waiting for him. And yes, in African culture, you <clears throat> you don't use silverware. It's You eat with your hands. And it's and well, typically... And the with, bread, too. Yeah, spongy breads yeah. that you use to pick up food. Almost like Mexican culture. I've seen a lot of... Tortillas. Southern, yeah, Southern American... Yeah, American cultures where you just break off, rip off part of a tortilla and use that to eat whatever you're... No, eating. like you do, yeah. Yeah. No, I... Yeah, yeah it's a real thing. And... I just thought that was very interesting that the first thing he says is, this is very nice, but next time we can use the table. Mm-hmm. And forces her to use silverware. <laughs> yep. And she very much complains about it and says, yep, all I can taste is the metal. You'll get used to it. But she does it, which again is the difference between the cultures. Because, mm-hmm. fuck you, I'll do it. <laughs> nope. Yep. Very much, a very much patriarchal society out there. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, all right. So, when, I'm trying to think, when he goes and burns all of the things, when he is saying, all of this is cursed, all of yeah. this is cursed. Yeah. It's mostly her things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. So, and that leads to him intentionally trying to erase their culture i thought also cutting ties with the bad memories that they lost everything that happened now it's new nothing from the old we are here we are english now why because whatever happened there happened there what happened in vegas stays in vegas we are now english and that's all we'll ever be from here on out yes and did you know, obviously, the way he gets rid of all of that is with fire, mm-hmm. which is the exact opposite of where Water. all of his uh, uh, visions or dreams are taking place. Not all of, but... I didn't even pick up on that it, symbology It's very watching. significant, the, the water in mm-hmm. this film. And it didn't even occur to me. And now that I think about it, when he was pulling that line out, when it was starting to get, I was couldn't figure out what it was that he was pulling out. I thought it was a, you know, it started out like the phone line, but then it looked like rope. Mm-hmm. Then I couldn't figure out what was hanging on rope. And then as he pulled further and further and further, it was seaweed. Mm-hmm. And that makes this movie even better because it, again, re-alludes to what we find out, that gut punch near the end where you're like, fuck me, run in. Yeah, because one of the first scenes is 
with them escaping and we see just bodies in the water because it's just boats and boats full of refugees mm -hmm. on these fucking rough ass seas just getting out of there and there are people just dying all around them and for this whole movie he's carrying the trauma of seeing all this death surrounded by water mm -hmm. and to further uh push that he is terrified and water is constantly on his mind when he goes in and sees the social worker and social worker says like mate you don't look good you yeah. smell bad You're, you look bad you smell bad you don't smell good he doesn't want to be mm. shrouded by water he, he's not showering. i didn't even because... think about that oh my god you, you know again what we're talking about is there is a lot here in this movie and everything makes sense when you think about it because i was putting a whole bunch of stuff together i'm sitting here being super proud of me because i watched it in real time mm -hmm. and and i followed it in real time so i could you know i was making all of these connections but there are i bet you there's a thousand of them that i didn't make this movie bears a rewatching. yeah i mean i watched the last half hour of it again and i'm don't usually do that. I can't usually do that. I want to watch this from the beginning again to pick up even the other little stuff that I didn't notice. God, yeah. I love that. Yeah, and I mean, one of the big uh, themes of this movie also is survivor's guilt. Isolation, survival's guilt, um, desperation, all of those things. Because uh, the... I mean, let, let's just get right into it because I don't think we've brought it up yet the main ghost that is haunting them is who they've been calling their daughter but is mm -hmm. revealed that it is a child that they stole just a random kid they just going because they were trying to get on a bus to flee this war zone where everybody was being massacred and they had no way of getting on the bus unless they had a child. Right. Didn't Nial got on? Nial got on, I Re thought. Yeah, Rial was got on, on the bus and it was full and they wouldn't let Bull on. Yeah, only he, kids, only kids. Yeah. So he just went and grabbed a rando. Yep. Got on the bus. Mm-hmm. And again, that falls back and the girl dies in the water. Mm-hmm. When they're on the seas fleeing. And after Rial promised that he would, she would protect him, her. Just uh -huh. straight up, I'm, I've got you. So that's why when everything that we've seen with them going absolutely fucking crazy and seeing these ghosts and mm -hmm. yeah, knowing that there is a witch about, this is all still shrouded in this massive uh, uh, feeling of... Oh, they're trying to accept why they are here also. Well, and this is what I think was great about this movie. Because if they would have let us know earlier that they had stolen the child and the child, this still would have been a good movie, but it would have been a completely different movie. Yes. Because then we would have been second-guessing whether or not we have an unreliable narrator and they're just going crazy with guilt, or if there's real entity there. Yeah, because this movie has a... It's, I was thinking about it. It almost has the feel of The Shining yeah. to where there is undeniably supernatural elements. But if you want to pick it apart, you can dispel that and say that it is just due to cabin fever or this mm -hmm. insane guilt that is consuming them. Mm -hmm. You could make that case. Yeah. But 
again, within the text of the film, there's undeniably supernatural elements. Right. But it gives you just enough to make you question it. Yes. And that's what I I think that's so goddamn good. Yes. Because that's one thing that Kubrick got right in that Mm. movie is the, well, is, is... Is there ghosts, or is that just Jack Torrance losing his fucking mind? Well, what, what, and again, I was going through that while I was watching it, but they saw different things, and sometimes they saw it together while they were both awake. So if, if we're talking about the conceit of the movie, we're watching the movie, um, they both experienced it different things at different times, and th- so it made sense that they, the supernatural was happening, and that's why I appreciated they didn't gut punch us till near the end of the movie. Because, mm-hmm. man, that was a gut punch. I did not see that coming. I knew they were having guilt because they would never talk. Whenever the dungeon was mentioned, they would just stum. They would quiet down. They would just Everything would shut down. Mm-hmm. Now their reaction makes even more sense because you'd think you'd see a tear or more of a gasp. You mentioned the daughter. Yeah, no. I, it's just, I don't want to talk about it. Was it was complete shut the fuck down. And it's these people who have seen just unimaginable horrors. Mm-hmm. And, and it, again, it's part of when I was saying, like, I really love the way that they wrote white people when Riel is at the doctor. Uh-huh. And it's the chipper white lady that, oh my gosh, I love your necklace. Uh-huh. And, oh, well, look at those. Because they make a point to show the markings by her right. eyes. Yeah, the travel markings. Yeah. yeah. And, Oh, well, those are pretty. And again, it's it's white people doing what I conceivably is the right thing, just the wrong way, and just being stupid cracker-ass honkies about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Riel's explaining to her, like, well, where I'm from, there are two villages, and they're constantly killing each other. Yep. So these markings on my arm I gave myself when I found my family butchered. I'm marked with both tribes, so I'm... Essentially, I live nowhere. Mm-hmm. And just the look on this fucking doc- lady at the doctor's office's face. It's fucking perfect. And again, just showing the amount of ignorance, you know. And can you imagine, I just imagine when I see something like that, imagine how many times a day. You know, because, well, back in the day when I was around a lot of people, many times I fucked up because I don't know culture and I'm just, I'm stupid. I'll ask questions. I'll ask questions about anything to anybody Mm -hmm. because I don't even think about it as being rude. I'm just, I'm stupid. I'll just, what is that? Why did, that is cool. Why is that? Now I'll probably get a story like that and be like, oh, I'm sorry I asked, but I'll never stop doing that because I'm ignorant and curious at the same time. Uh Uh-huh. I... Okay, I I really like the uh, when he's just sitting in the pub watching the soccer game and singing along. Just uh-huh. the, the rest of the bar is just like, hey! And it cuts right back to him talking to Riel. Like, yeah. You were see- singing songs about Peter Couch. Yes, the, grown men mm-hmm. just singing a song. But so that sounds stupid. <laughs> like, well, we're men. We're stupid. That's how that works. Yeah, and it's just that him trying to assimilate so hard, and she's just like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're not these people, but that there's an... Uh, when she's talking to him after the social workers leave, there's also that point where, again, a lot of this, she's right. She wants to maintain her culture, but she's being obstinate because she starts giving bullshit. Mm-hmm. You want to be just like them. You... you you beg for the unseasoned scraps that they throw us. Mm-hmm. And and I hate to be that guy, but even Bull's like, 
well, we got out of this war zone and we have a place to live. It mm-hmm. sucks, but like, yeah. this is what we have to do. And that goes to where none of the characters are perfect. Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. This is fucking life, dude. <laughs> like, and, and to take a look at it, too, I mean, I, I've, I've suffered from this one thing. You're not quite there, and you're not quite there. You're just kind of floating someplace. You're not, you kind of have aspects of both, but you're not there. And nobody's grabbing you. Nobody's saying, okay, come on our side, you know. And you just, you're just floating, and, and nothing feels right. And they make you feel that in that movie. Whether you've dealt with it or not, you feel floating, just like these people. They don't belong there, but they don't belong where they're from. There's no, they're not grounded anywhere. You see him trying to ground. And, and again, she doesn't want to, but, you know, you can feel that untetheredness in the entire movie. Yeah, and it's, it's a very good look into it kind of doesn't matter what you think reality is. This is the reality of the situation. Yes. It, it's very grounded in that way because he doesn't want to believe that there is a witch in the house. Which right. We haven't even talked about the witch aspect. Oh, my God. So... One yeah, of the things that I, that I think is really, really good that they did very well as far as the, the filmmaking is she brings up the witch at 33 minutes. Yeah. A third of the way, the end of the first act, pretty mm-hmm. much. So they get that right out of the way. They don't let it linger forever. And then finally at the end go, oh, well, it's this witch. Right. We know what we're dealing with. And it's very specific. Yes. And it's fucking fantastic and it makes a lot of other little things make sense now you're now i feel rewarded for having paid attention because now i'm like because i'm like what i'm 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 loving the character study i'm i'm loving the slice of life because you know they were in the council flats that those are the, the projects in england that's where they were living and to see that i've seen those places i had a buddy of mine lived in henry horner and i go to his place and you could see you know some were well kept some were not and, and, and you could just see what I loved about this, too, is they actually showed them trying to clean this, this place up. So some of these movies we watched, they were dinged from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. And no amount of time was spent cleaning. No, this was their house. This is where they were going to live. And by God, they were going to try to make something out of it until shit started coming out of the walls. And just the refugee aspect, uh, shoring up the, well, why don't you just leave aspect of a haunted house film. Right. Well, where the fuck am I going to go? Yeah. And, and we can't leave. Otherwise, we go back to this war-torn place. Right. But what I'm saying is that in- introducing the witch element at 33 minutes means that we still get our spook ups Yes. But it does that thing that I think it was The Void doesn't do, where it still keeps the story going, and the story remains compelling. They don't just introduce the horror aspect and go, well, it's just a ghost story from here on out. Right. They continue all of the things that they have previously set up. Right. And that's one of the things that, like, man, for a debut feature-length film, Mm -hmm. knocked it out of the fucking park. Isn't it crazy? (laughs) Two in a fucking row. Two in a row. They're just they're this amazing. Where they're okay. Well, I'm thinking back to the the other director. I forgot his name. Joko Anwar. Yeah, where he knocked the first thing he ever did straight out of the park to get the next thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Just take these people just coming out heavy hitting, heavy hitting with this just sheer amount of skill, this amount of talent to put on screen. Because that scene where. Uh, he and Riel are sitting at the table mm-hmm. 
And she's telling him, what? Do you think I don't talk to the ghosts? They tell me that I can bring her back, and they tell me to be afraid of you. Yep. And it, uh, not zooms out, but it cuts out to Ball sitting alone mm-hmm. at the table, just mowing out and slowly pans out. And that little piece of kitchen is just an island yep. floating in the water. And all these fucking, for lack of a better term, zombies come popping up out of the goddamn water, James. It's oh, fantastic. It is. It is what I... It, if you're going to make a horror movie like this, this is exactly what I want to see. And that's what I really love about filmmakers like this, is that this is kind of what I wanted to get into as well. I kind of put this in my what I call the no shit category, mm-hmm. where you see very early filmmakers where, yeah, you don't need to reinvent the wheel with this brand new concept. Right. Haunted House. Huh. This is what we're doing with it. Right. It's kind of a no shit concept, right? Kind of like uh, Ty West did with like the innkeepers, right? Yeah, it's a no shit concept, haunted hotel. But here's what we did with it, and it's fucking fantastic. Absolutely, and that's what I love is that there are still these stories that you can use the basis of just what I call a no shit premise. Yeah, haunted bare house. bones storytelling. Haunted house. Yep. Well, how do you make a haunted house interesting? Well. You take that core idea, yeah, and like you said, like a lace doily, you start going out from there. Yep. But you don't go out in one direction. How do we go out this way? But how do we bridge these two? Okay, how do we introduce another element? How do we bridge this? Yep. And it turns a very flat idea into something absolutely spectacular. Mm-hmm. Because none of the scares in this are particularly original, mm-hmm. but the way they are presented is wholly original. Well, you and would think that it, is what absolutely just captures my heart. And you think, as many as I've seen now, you'd think I wouldn't be a sucker for, you know, I'd be like, I could see jump scares coming. You know, I didn't expect a jump scare. Nope. I did not expect one because at no period in this time did it make look like a movie that would have one. No. No, I thought everything was going to be subtle, even the scares. I thought even when it's obvious, it's still going to have some subtlety. No. Scared the living fuck out of me and here's what i like too they stuck to their own rules yes it is a night witch mm-hmm. nothing happens during the day that is supernatural ever and it took me a while to figure that out because it was still they they kept the tension up during the daylight scenes one of the ones that i wanted to highlight when Riel is trying to walk, when she encounters the racist black kids. Mm-hmm. But before that, when she was is walking through the labyrinth of these tenement buildings. Yes. It is shot in such a confusing way, but not poorly. And it's, that's a, it, mm-hmm. it's hard to describe, but it's a very difficult thing to do to make a geographically confusing scene. Mm-hmm makes sense yes because usually it's just well i'm lost too i don't know where the fuck she is but the the just the sound design yes in ramping up everything and how it gets closer and And, closer to her as she gets more and more lost right and also the look on her face she was acting the fuck out of it because you couldn't tell she was acting she honest to god looked like she was lost and where the fuck am i and you can see the desperation on her face because she knows if she's lost there, she's only got this one little map that she is working with. Yeah, it's a hand-drawn map. 
and she's in Whitey White 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 Whiteville, and at you know it's there. We haven't seen it in the movie, but that racism is there. And uh, there are today this day reports are just random bashing because you're in the wrong neighborhood, just mm-hmm. like every other big city. So she's got an honest, and you could see that on her face. The acting in this was ridiculous. One of the things that I thought was very, very interesting that they threw in, it's just a little cut scene, but I, it, it, it's in that sequence, and I don't know what it means. It's Riel's walking by a park, and just a white kid runs up behind her and goes, Oi, oh, excuse me, excuse me, and she just does not acknowledge him whatsoever. Right. But he doesn't seem menacing. But she doesn't know that. Exactly. And that's what I... How do I say? I wanted to... Kind of, it really st- stuck out to me because it was that is that just her refusing to play along because she doesn't want to be here? Is that her being obstinate as well, or is that legitimate terror because it's what like a 13 year old kid, right? But well, she's in a place where she doesn't know where anything is, she's anything a, could be danger, right? And that is think about the where world she's from, she's coming from, exactly. Think about where she's from, there's child soldiers, uh huh. You know how in some of those areas, they use children as bait to come and massacre whole areas of people. And it's a common gang tactic to get one younger person to get a, somebody to come in. Hey, I got, I, I'm kind of lost. Can you show me where the, the um, entrance to the park is? And that's where your boys are at and you get hot. So it is a absolute real terror. I'm in a, especially if I'm in a city. I, I don't fuck if I don't know you. <clears throat> I'm gonna be super cautious, and she's a woman on top of that. So the imagine the fear of being in a foreign country in a in the projects where you, not your projects, and you have to go do something. I, I'm surprised she got the the spoons to get up and get to the store to start with. I mean, I'm surprised she wasn't you know didn't just not go. Whereas conversely, is bull being uh i don't want to say like ignorant of his surroundings but we're never really shown where he's going all day Uh, there's a few times where they obviously they show him in that like church pub i I don't know if they're like drinking drinking but yeah yeah they're all hanging out watching the soccer game and there's the time when he goes into the department store yeah. and he's just staring at the advertisements and buys the exact same outfits yes. that he sees there. I think those are the only two like outside activities. And they never explain he's it. he's gone all oh. day. Yeah, or remember when he came back real late at night? Exactly. And I lost track of time? Uh-huh. Where the fuck was he all day? Yeah, it's never explained. It's never, it's never really readdressed. Yeah, while well, she's sitting at home and... And yeah. think about it. Did you see a cell phone? Yeah. Did you see a TV? Uh, they had a phone because they were sitting listening to music when they were laying. Right, but, but in general. A government issue. Yeah. Here's so we can keep in touch with you. Exactly. So it's not like she's got whole bunches of shit to do in that house. Yeah. There's nothing to do. You can't leave. There's no place to go. That had to be some shitty, shitty, shitty times. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's... There's a few shots of her like looking outside and seeing not necessarily crime, no. but what could definitely be construed as a not great living situations with just roving bands of teens or and, the random the random cars pulling up, stopping, then pulling away. Uh huh. 
That happened what three, four times. Yeah, and, the, and it's never explained. And we don't know what like it is. A quiet part of this movie. Yeah, the, yeah. There's always traffic. There's always noise, and if not, it's very sinister music. Right. Because man, when they start getting into the spookies, oh, here's one of the things that I wanted to bring up about the spookies that yes. I really like too. Yes. When they, as far as like they play by the rules and nothing happens during the day, he turns on the light and the ghosts disappear sometimes yes creating like this false idea of safety yes and when he turns the lights back on you realize oh it's still at night it's still a night witch and he is not safe ever yes (laughs) and again that's not something that i thought of consciously but in the back of my head i'm like the light didn't work. Did the light work? I don't know if the light worked. Did the light work? Oh, shit. The light didn't work. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 that is the exact same thought that I had, too. It's just like, oh, shit. The light didn't work that time. Oh, fuck. What's he going to do? Yeah. And uh, be driven mad by ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. They did that all so amazingly. Oh. Because uh, near the end, Riel walks in. And he has absolutely slashed his arm open. Mm-hmm. And this demon has its hand inside of his arm. And James, uh-huh. the effects on that are very, very good. <laughs> yes, that was, again, I, it was clinically gory. Yes. <laughs> but it wasn't so gory that you couldn't look at it. Yes. I wanted to look away, but I couldn't. Which we've talked about on theme kind of makes it a little more terrifying right. than seeing a splatter fest. Exactly. And again, I, I have developed a thick skin for gore as gore, cartoony gore. I fight the blood spattering. Good. Spray the walls. Fucking a, yep. <laughs> write your name in it with it. Ah, blood James. Hell no. yeah. Picasso, that shit. Fuck. Yeah. Or I guess Jackson Pollock would be the more. Yeah. And, apt. Some of the some of the more subtle ones I can get past because I it looked super real, but it was subtle. Mm-hmm. This was clinical and overt. You saw the demon put its fucking filthy ass hands after living in that filthy ass wall into this man's arm. You could see the arm move. You could see the skin pull. You can see you can the see its individual fingers moving. It, within the sinews of his arm. And you could hear the sound like when you pull a skin off a chicken, only more. It was ridiculously detailed. And, and obviously this movie didn't have a ton of money, but I think for what they had to work with, that let the... Uh, the creature demon, effect. The creature, yes. Holy shit, it looks good. Yes. It's gross. Yes. It had an alien movement to it, and it wasn't one of those, like, 90s wet demons. No. It was just straight up, because everything then had to come out wet. Yeah. No, this was just, you're just like, oh, oh, unsettled. You just don't want to touch it. It's not wet, but you feel like it would just be gross to touch. Yes, with the slightly but not overly exaggerated elongated arms and the strangely bloated yet yeah. lumpy and somehow skinny torso yes i was going to say the 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 juxtaposition between sinew and flab like yes. it's so ancient that every ounce of flesh had just dropped yes and the only thing holding it together is sinews because it's an ancient demon uh and or then witch, it gets ancient its witch. fucking throat slit oh and no and the best part about it was it was a woman it's metal as f- 
fuck. She just. I did not see that ending come. I did not see a metal ass like, oh shit, she's just going to cut its throat ending coming at all. And you know, you looked at that woman, you knew she could hold that motherfucker's head. She just grabbed its head and just ripped its fucking throat out. Just ah, ripped. It's such a perfect ending for this movie. But she commandoed it. But any other person doing it, I wouldn't have believed her. Mm-hmm. I believe she's like, she's seen some shit. Yep. And she knows because she has seen it done. And, and how to motherfucking see, do we it. We see during the flashback that she's seen some shit. Yes. Because we skipped. There's a good, what, 10, 15 minute flashback that gives, or it might be less, but it gives us a pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's what you didn't see leading up to this. Right. And I, I, I don't feel any real need to sit and discuss it at length. It, it is no, but just I, a lot I like of the fact that it shows why she's flashing back to certain people. Exactly. It shows her flashing back to people having conversations with people, but at the end of it, they show what really happened and why, in her mind, she's going back to talk to these certain people. She's going back to, you know, she's talking to the people in the room. It flashes back to everybody in that room slaughtered. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's uncomfortable. Right. And so it slows them slaughtered, knows that. And it's, and it's especially uncomfortable because it's, it's depicting actual like war crime murder. Right. It's not a supernatural like, oh, it got its fucking head ripped off by a demon. No, it's a pile of bodies. It's a pile of bodies. It's fucking disturbing. And it's exactly if you've ever seen pictures of war crimes. I never seek them out, but sometimes they flip up and you're like, aha, it looked exactly like that. And again, but it, it shows why she has so much guilt, you know, but for the fact that she stole that kid, mm-hmm. well, she would have been she would have been in the states anyway, mm-hmm. or she would have been in England anyway. But but for the fact that he stole that kid, you know, it, it, it's just amazing. Yeah, and it shows why. Yeah, she has the, uh, I guess, fortitude to just cut the fuck out of a demon, in fact, or a night witch. And it, it, it's it's like. We sacrificed all these things. We, we, <clears throat> we stopped our morals to get here. We've done everything we can to get here. By God, you're not taking anybody else from us. Mm-hmm. Enough of us have fucking died. Fuck you. And that was amazing. And again, I love the fact that it had the woman do it. Mm-hmm. And that was an amazing statement. Just cut out any other statement. The fact that she did it. I loved it. Yeah, it was the uh, the inverse of the damsel in distress. Yep. It's not the big strong man. It's the man breaking down and being the weaker of the two parties, right. uh, mentally speaking, anyway. And on top of that, too, who always sacrifices in movies? Mothers, mm-hmm. women, wives. It, it ain't just movies, baby. <laughs> right. But in this movie, the man was going to sacrifice, because, you know, and she's like, no, fuck you, you ain't sacred. That you're my husband. Fuck that. Fuck you, demon. Fuck you. And she just went up and just yeah. ramboed him. We've had our problems. We've disagreed about how our life here is going to be. But long story short, you don't fuck with my husband. And she cuts that motherfucker's throat. Oh, next time that motherfucker tries to tell her we're eating on the table. <laughs> yeah, she, she he ain't got shit to say after that. No. No. 
Bitch, you eating on the floor. Yes, yes, honey, I am eating on the floor. I, I sure am, and this is delicious, and I love you. Hey, do we have some more bread? Fuck this fork. <laughs> but, I mean, and I do think uh, if as long as we're getting, I think we're winding up toward the ending, the last shots of this film are incredibly powerful. Yes. Because it's kind of showing that all the ghosts of the people who have been there before. That was haunting. I mean, I'm just pardon the pun, but oh my God, yeah, that just chilled there's me. there's that gross old white woman. Why don't you just leave? Mm-hmm. You'll be gone in a week anyway, because that's clearly a house that the state has owned that they have put so many refugees through. Yep. And it presumably what I took from it is that those are all the, effectively the memories of the refugees that didn't meet these ex- insanely strict requirements and yes. were sent back to die in this war zone. Yep. You got to take a look at it. The system was designed for you to fail. The only way you can get there is by taking extraordinary measures that you don't have the funds or the means to avail yourself of. Because mm-hmm. a public defenders cannot help you because it, they've got 700 other cases exactly like yours to do. You don't have the money to lawyer up to do this. And that's what you and I were talking, because we kind of finished up the movie watching it together, is that the the people that work for the state in this film no longer are viewing them as people. Nope. They're more or less product. Yes. And as you were saying, you've known social workers. This is what happens. You burn people out. People get burnt the fuck out. And it's not great, mm-hmm. but it's also not their fault. And it goes back to what I've been saying this whole time. Nobody's necessarily wrong in this movie. Well, you know, and it's a nice touch, too. We talk about the ending of the movie. Um, The deaths did happen. They did do all these horrible things. But the one thing that I noticed, Matt Smith, the the social worker, he gets this kind of weird smile at the end, like, fuck, maybe we finally got a... Yeah, I finally I, did something. I, we made I a difference. I want to see someone succeed for fuck's sake. I'm yeah. so sick of going through this revolving door of people. I just want to see someone be okay for once. So, so either <laughs> the actor or the director, again, made that choice of this to show, hey, they've got the place. Maybe it didn't work out. It wasn't a great way that they got there. That person did die. That woman lost her child. She was probably killed within a week anyway because of what was happening there, which is why they were leaving that zone. Not to say that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's a thing. It is a fact. And that's but what- the two survived. There are two people from that area that survived, that made it for whatever reason. They fought all their demons. They fought that witch. They fought that. This is a chance, good or bad, for them to make it, to, to show what that part of the world was like because everybody else is gone. And it, it, and I loved that about it because they could have just said, yes, they sinned to get here. Now they're horrible people. They must be punished. They were punished. The entire movie was punishment for them. They have a small chance of making... And imagine even though that they succeeded through all of this, the life that they're going to lead is not going to be beaches and cream. No. Now the immigrant story writ large with all that shit, and we stop and think about, if you stop and think about all the people that you see in a day that are just struggling, that just got here. I'm a generation removed on one side and many from another. And I've seen a struggle close. I've never done it, but I've seen it close, and I couldn't imagine what that would be like. And I, I like that about this movie, too. It shows you the desperation. It shows you all these things. It didn't need to. No, and it doesn't pull its punches. Mm-mm. It's very 
uh, and I don't want to say... But it's not preachy it's, either. And it's not bleak or hopeful. It, it's very matter-of-fact. It's yeah. fucking everything about these people's lives where either place that they could go, anywhere mm. that they could go, is going to be fucking terrible for them. I, got, I do have a question because you're, you're more adept at you know, distilling like visual styles. This movie was visually arresting, but never, I, I wouldn't say it was beautiful at any point. Because a lot of movies are visually arresting because the shots are pretty. They're well done. I don't know why this movie was visually arresting because it wasn't um, outright arty, which I would notice, which was usually what grabs my attention. But there was something about the filming style that I could not look away. I don't know if it was the actors. I don't know if it was the way they filmed it, but it was arresting. I, I think that a lot of the contrast between light and dark is done very well, which goes a long way to help this film out. Mm. And I think you're right. There are a lot of like interesting visually arresting angles or, okay. you know, like it doesn't put on airs, I guess. Yeah, I guess that could be it. it it's very straightforward and it shows you what you need to see. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what they are showing you that you need to see is terrifying. Yes. And I think that goes a long way because even a very simple shot, like him sitting in the office when mm -hmm. he's requesting the new house because of vermin. Right. It, it's, they're just showing a wide open office. Oh, I also know it, it's, but it's not like up close on them. It's showing this, uh, banal scene of right. him being in an office and looking absolutely crazed. And these lazy ass dudes sitting behind their desks with a pool table in their office. It's just, it's these shots of dirty and dingy and gross because their house fucking sucks. Yes, but you can see them trying to fight it, too. Yes, 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 yes. I just realized what it was. The stillness of the characters, that stillness of the actors. We could chalk it up to a certain reservedness of the culture or reservedness of, I've got to keep it together because I don't know what, what people are looking at me in another country. I have to, you know, carry myself a certain way because I've dealt with that, too. You, you, you're, you know, you want to be a good one. Well... You know, you carry yourself in a certain manner because you don't want to seem improper. But the stillness of the characters drew my eye because I'm like, because like, it's like having your dad stare. Yeah, you're like, fuck it, you don't move, you're scared shitless. Yeah, there's no over-the-top characters that you look at it and go like, oof, that was a performance. No comic relief. No. That's why we said at the top we tried to get some chuckles in because ain't a goddamn thing funny about this movie. But they, but they do manage their tone shifts well. Mm -hmm. because you've got the dread during the quiet parts, but you've got quiet during the dreadful parts. Even during the spookies, there are parts of quiet, which makes it even worse. Yeah, and that, again, that juxtaposition between light and dark, especially in that scene when he's being attacked by like that horde of undead. Yes. Where, you know, lights on, lights off, lights on, lights off. But even with the lights off, it's still lit and shot well. Yes. It's not... I, I don't want to say that they're not rolling the dice mm -hmm. on any like interesting angles, but they're not, I don't say it's not stand stop, shot in a standard, just poorly mm -hmm. thought out way. Right. It's done very, I want to say conservatively and, Oh, well I think this would be the right angle for all of this to show mm -hmm. what we need to show in these shots. 
So nothing extraneous. Any everything up there was in service to the story. Or the I believe actors. so. Th- yeah. and that's what I think. It, Sparse almost. Yes, it, the story and the music do a lot to heighten what you're seeing as well. And also, and even during the insane spookies, the music never got. You know how like sometimes you get the big stings. No, it stayed at a certain tone, but never ceased. And it's never like fast cuts because they are trying to shy away from the monsters, really. Right. They show you what they want to show you very intentionally and when they want to show it to you. The fast cuts I noticed were to promote tension, but they weren't cheap fast cuts Mm -hmm. to confuse you to not see what you're doing. It's not like to not see the fact that Paul Bettany can't actually fight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They were cut to give you tension, but they showed you. Mm-hmm. What you needed to see, because mm-hmm. if they would have cut away from that, then you'd have been like, oh, they couldn't fucking film it. Yeah. And I mean, just the shot of the little girl wearing like the death mask. Mm-hmm. It's a very easy thing to do. You don't need to put some crazy angle on it. Right. All you need to do is show it from Bowl's point of view effectively. And you don't have to show it under bright light to stick a pin in it either. No, it. it's all very much in service to the story that they're trying to tell. The and pin sticks itself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I can't say enough good things about this film. And I, I don't think we even really skim the surface of no. how good this movie is. We could probably do about three podcasts on this. Cause there's so much to di- you could dig into just any one oh, position. Of yeah. This. If we wanted to really get down to brass tacks, yeah, we could take any one of the themes of this film and really draw it out. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't feel like doing that. Oh, God, so. no. no, we're not that podcast. <laughs> no, but again, it's very, very fucking good. And it's, how do I, how do I want to say this nicely? It's strange to see a very good movie like this on Netflix. <laughs> yes, because I, I expect to see um, interesting, good movies on Shutter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when I get something like this on the old Netflix, can I watch it on a big old TV? Yeah. Oh, I love it. And it's one of those, it, you could kind of miss it because, I mean, his house. I, I honestly... Are you going to really click on a movie that says his house? It, it doesn't have a compelling title. Well, the first of all, that they're showing for it I didn't even look at the graphic. If I saw the title, I would assume it was a Christian movie. And, you know, like Left Alone, His House. You know, I, uh, Son Lives. I ain't watching any of that shit. Yeah, and it's... You know, it sounds like it's going to obviously be a male-dominated, well, his house. Yes. Well, I don't want to watch that bullshit. Nope. But that's what I'm saying. Watch some random movies every once in a while. You come across a good one. Oh, this one was a good one. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think we have a... I'm not going to say anything, because who knows, but I think we have another Netflix movie coming up as well. Yeah. Because we've kind of been denying that, because usually it's, oh, shit, what are we going to watch? Let's just check Shutter. Right, right, right. But yeah, very, very good movie. It's available to probably everyone listening. Absolutely. For no additional costs. And highly, highly, highly recommended. I, again, this is another one where I don't care. I'm not a, I'm not, I was not born a spookies guy. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming a spookies guy. But right now, I would suggest this to even people who aren't spookies movie people. Yeah, because it, again, this movie is terrifying. It's very, very scary, but it's not like, Body horror, blood and gore. No. It's more, that's very, very uncomfortable. This <laughs> movie scaring me. is the single scariest movie I've seen in a long time. I won't say it's the scariest movie I've watched since I've done this. Because if I really dig deep, other shit may have scared me more. 
But this one scared me in a way I had not been scared before in these movies. Like a deep, emotional, internal scared. Like if I watch any more of this movie, I cannot sleep for a week. And one of the things that like I think goes a long way to creating that is they make us care about the characters. Yes. Which I cannot state enough that we have talked about it endlessly. Mm-hmm. If you're going to make a movie like this, make it feel inhabited, and it does. It feels like they give us all the information that we need to know about these characters mm-hmm. to proceed within the first 10 minutes, and, and they don't stop uh, like adding on. I don't want to say adding on, right. but introducing these new story elements that feel natural and make us more connected to these characters. And, and, and again, the... They did that with another amazing balancing act because, again, they gave bitter and better for every single character. You could both like and hate them depending on who you are, yet somehow they maintained our care. Mm -hmm. We wanted them to get through whatever they had to get through. I cared about them succeeding, Mm -hmm. whether from the immigrant status, from the getting over on whatever, let's beat this fucking system, and all the ways that I want them to win. And, and and they made me care about them even though they were flawed and they'd done this terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. And I still wrestle with myself for liking and want cheering and rooting for these people after done, they'd done this terrible thing, but they did this terrible thing. And I could see how they would rationalize stealing a kid. Well, at least another one's going to live. They didn't say, hey, let's get the mom on and, and I'll sacrifice myself like he should have at the beginning. He was going to sacrifice at the end. And... and- I have never been in a situation where my town is being raided and everybody is being murdered. Mm -hmm. That is a, I don't want to say a gray area, because I guess you could just be that upstanding moral person and say you should never steal a child, but fuck, self-preservation kicks in. Who knows what you're capable of? Exactly. Who knows what you are capable of unless you are in that situation? that's one of the first things that Bull says is, we are good people. Mm Mm-hmm. We're good people, and as we learn that, depending on your moral code, well, maybe they might not be, but also, you've never been in that situation, whitey. Yep. So, <laughs> or anybody. Yeah, well, millions of people have been, but yeah. yeah. Either way, should we uh, bring this in for a landing? Yeah, we James? should probably uh, end this one. James. Yes. What have we got to plug? Well, Where can people find us? What should they do? Well, we've got the emails. Horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. I will never, ever remember. Dereliction of duty. I, I was looking at the computer. That's okay. I will remember the fact now that we have an email. I just will never remember the goddamn email. Yeah, and I will never put it anywhere so that people can just click it and easily send us things. No. Yeah. Well, I'm that, working. I'm you working. do that goddamn legwork yourselves, you ungrateful, you fucking ingrates. That's right. Um, let's see. We've got the Twitters. Have we got the Twitters? No, no we're on the Grum. I get yeah. those two confused. Sorry. We do this every week. It's new to me every week. When um, are you going to get this through your thick skull? It's new to me every week. Oh, uh, We have a Facebook group and Instagram pages. You can come check us out. Come join us. Give us numbers. Yes. And uh, I think we forgot to do this the last time, but uh, how about how about some stars for you boys? Go, yes. Go give us some ratings. Absolutely. If there's a, a place where you can write a review, do, do that. 
Yes, it puts eyes on us. Mm-hmm. Puts us in metrics, gets us on lists. And yeah, shit. and you can compliment us on our, our lovely voices or how nice we look. Indeed. Or uh, uh, Actually, you can say whatever you want as long as you give us the five stars. Damn. Yeah, you can tell people that we make very nice pies. Indeed. Neither of us make pies, but if you... Oh, you should make up rumors about us. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was born with a tail. That's a good one. I have a superfluous third nipple. Oh, like Christopher Lee and the man with the golden gun. Abso-fucking-lutely. Scaramanja. <laughs> yep. It's oh, not yeah. an episode until we bring up a shitty action movie. Or a third nipple. <laughs> or a third nipple. Yes. Gotta keep just, it. Just leaking with juice. Mm-hmm. Not milk, just nip juice. Just nip juice from me. I want to do Fermented nip juice. <laughs> it's all oily somehow. <laughs> It tastes like sadness and caffeine. Uh huh. <laughs> Desperation and nicotine. Yeah, it's got that smell like you know when you kind of misplace like a cum sock and it smells musty. And it's like, man, how does a liquid smell like that? <laughs> There's a mushroom growing out of it. Oh, mushroomy. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Just mushroomy. I think we should say goodnight on that I, note. I think we should as well. Good night, uh, Chris. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. You can